0: Radio Influence. Oh, got him in the white trunks. He heard it. beautiful. Oh, God. That's beautiful. He's got it. Yeah. And he forced the power. And here comes the submission. Oh, and it's all over. Oh, it's all oh, over. First round knockout. He's out. Rich Franklin retained his belt. The one thing that I never thought in a million years would happen happened. The champion. The challenger. Here. This is the MMA Report with Jason Floyd on Radio Influence. What is up, everyone? Welcome into this episode of the MA Report Podcast. Hopefully everyone is having a great Memorial Day weekend. Maybe you'll listen to this on Sunday when the show comes out. As I am sitting here in uh, my studio here in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's a, a beautiful day here on this Memorial Day. So hopefully everyone's out there having a great time. I know it's been a, a great weekend for me. And I have got a fire interview coming here on this episode. As you're going to hear from an OG of this sport. We're talking about OG. This guy has been doing it since 2000 made his UFC debut all the way back in 2007 16 years ago at UFC 71 when he defeated Keith Jardine in 48 seconds and he has now made a switch over to bare knuckle boxing 4-0 in BKFC and that is Houston Alexander when you talk about OG of this combat sports game. Houston Alexander is an OG of this sport. So I had a great conversation talking with him, not just about kind of, you know, this transition over to bare knuckle boxing, what he's done over there could potentially his next fight maybe be a title matchup we talked about his foundation the Houston Alexander Foundation we talked about the perception versus reality not just perception versus reality as as a fighter and, and when he's out in the community there in Omaha but also maybe the perception versus reality of, of bare knuckle boxing so I had a tremendous conversation with Houston Alexander you're going to hear that just in a couple of moments of course if you listen to this podcast whether you listen to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, where wherever you're listening to your, list your podcast if you can uh, leave a rating and review that would be much appreciated or if you do happen to, to check out the interview with houston over on youtube if you can hit the thumbs up on that video would be much appreciated of course if you're not subscribed to the mma report on youtube do that as well and uh, always leave comments always love uh, interacting with everyone whether it's it's a comment on youtube or maybe it's a comment on Twitter or Instagram, I would say I'm I'm probably more active. I'm a, you know I'm I'm still kind of active on Twitter, not as active as I used to be. But if you want to slide in those uh, Instagram DMs, always uh, enjoy the conversation there. And after the interview with Houston wraps up, I'm going to talk about what is going on with Bellator as over the past couple of days, they have announced that they are once again once again doing a co-promotion cool event with Ryzen. This one going to be on July 30th and the main event of that fight card will be the the fight that I have gotten the most questions about by far. And that question was always, when is AJ McKee versus Patricky Pitbull? And I could never really find out a date of when this going to happen, but we now know it's going to happen. July 30th, a part of this co-promotion event. And you talk about that weekend, a mixed martial arts action and combat sports action. I mean, it's going to be a great weekend to be a fight fan on that Saturday. We got the UFC pay review there in utah headline by Poirier and gaethje also you got the spence crawford boxing pay-per-view and now this bellator and rise events that's going to be a great weekend there at the end of july but we'll talk a little bit more about that once we get done with the conversation with houston alexander so here's the conversation i had with houston Joining me now here on the MA Report is a man who is undefeated in BKFC doing this at the age of 51 years old. Houston, as always, man, I uh, appreciate time. Like, if I would have came to you, you know, 10 years ago and said, hey, man, you're going, you're still you're still going to be doing this thing at the age of 51, what would you have said?
1: I would have said the property. What I'm going to tell you today, I'd probably be saying, uh, yeah, I'm still doing it. <laughs> because uh and you know what I have a passion for for um for combat sports man you know when you have a passion for it it's not work it's, you know you just enjoy doing it
0: you know like when you think about your love for fighting you know like where where does it range in terms of your love for music and hip hop
1: mm, it's up it's up there you know and and the way i see it man it's it, it's a it's a hobby for me and and uh, i think it's uh it's more of a a release because you know you deal you deal with everyday stress all the time and I I, I think for me, flying has has become a release in, in in the physical and mental aspect you know.
0: You know, and the reason I bring up music, maybe maybe people know, maybe people don't know that you DJ. As, as long yeah. as you know, being involved in the radio game, which uh, you know, radio is where I started. I mean, I, I started in terrestrial radio and kind of worked my way up, working for yeah. various formats, top forty, you know, hip hop, rock stations, everything. Like, uh, you know, it, it, how do you describe like you know when you're going to do a set, a DJ set for a couple hours, in comparison to making that walk to compete.
1: You know, first off, let's get let's get this straight. A lot of people call rap music hip-hop, and that's not, that's, that is not the, the case. That's, you know, as an educator of, of the culture, we have to get that straight for people to understand that uh, rap music is not hip-hop, okay? Uh, um, it, I don't think people are afraid to say rap. I don't know why, okay. but there's different genres of rap. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So 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 you worked for a rap you know a rap format, so you didn't work for a hip hop format because hip hop is the culture, not the music genre. Mm-hmm.
0: I will tell you, it, it it was some of the most interesting places I would go to. You
1: mm-hmm. know?
0: Sometimes I might be the only white person
1: in there. Well, see, but it's not even but it's not even that because uh, the culture itself yeah. is so. Broad and 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 so many and people are involved. You know, you know, why would you be at a uh a, a rap concert and not not have all type of a, a genres of people there? Oh yeah, or, or, or yeah. So I don't understand why would you be the only white guy there when you know some of the best break dancers in the world are white guys. Yeah. I <laughs> know. Oh, I know, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, like we. Like, do you remember, like, the when your your love for music started?
1: Yeah, well, you know what, I um, I believe my love for music started um, back in the '70s, and I remember being in the back of my my father's uh, Cutlass Supreme. Okay, and the first um, song I remember hearing was "The Breaks" by Curtis Brown. These are the breaks, and until this day, you know, ever since that day, even as an eight year old kid. Um, I just remember hearing that and I, I remember being hooked. Uh, you know, the good, you know, the good time song, you know, uh, with chic with the Sugar Hill Gang. You know, you know, I, my love for hip hop stretched back to when I was a kid and I heard it on the radio.
0: And talking about, you know, sharing this love that you have for everything in your life, you have a nonprofit. I was over on your Twitter account, and for people who don't know, it's called the Houston Alexander Foundation. And one yes, of the sir. things that one of the things that, that stuck out to me is one of the programs that you have is where you're going into schools and teaching our youth about the culture, hip-hop, and art. So, like, h- how did this start?
1: Oh, man. Well, I started working with a radio station with a, with a couple of friends of mine, um, DJ Bisbee, and... Uh, um Dj rip and they they were looking for um a way to get out into enter into our community the radio station itself and so I had this uh, idea of going into the schools and teaching the kids about the culture because you know a- as the culture has gotten older I think a lot of people have um ha- have gotten it mixed up again when you can't um when you can't differentiate the uh the the difference between rap And hip-hop culture Mm -hmm. that's me be educated so a lot of you know and a lot of times we're getting so much negative imagery on television and radio about the culture because the culture started off as a useful culture and it started off as a way of um, having the kids get away from the negativity so how are you gonna come back to negativity when the whole point of having the culture was to get away from it. <laughs> so we, you know, but so we had to go into the schools and teach the kids that um, that the culture was more uh, was mostly about music, the dance, and art, not ass, jeans, and tennis shoes.
0: <laughs> you, you know, it's interesting you you bring that up because one of the, the shows I work with, he, he's a DJ, and he had a, a musician in, and, and they were talking about kind of. How some people use social media, and they're like they are talking about the John yeah. Moran situation uh, of saying, you know, like, you know, why, why do we rush to turn on our Instagram live? Uh, you know, to, to show what we're doing in our life. Is that part of your program of, of trying to you know, teach that younger generation of, of how to do things, uh, you know, in, in the, the appropriate way?
1: Look, I, and John, Moran, the, the John Moran, um, uh, John, well, the John Moran uh, situation, that's something different from from uh, the hip-hop culture yeah. going on live um in anyone's personal life that's that's something different from from the culture because from what i understand you know and he works for an organization that has a clause in it that tells you to not do certain things yeah so that has nothing to do with the hip-hop culture so you know um so as far as i'm concerned the hip-hop culture again is it's about music dance and art and it's not about uh some of the things that you see people doing on you know on their on their own on their own life you know what i'm saying
0: it makes me think about this term I say a lot and and more I think when, you know, you're talking to fighters about perception versus reality. You know, there, there's perceptions yep. that some people may have about you, but then there's reality. And I always tell the story. Remember, I was talking to Benson Henderson about it. And, and he said he Damn. goes, he's like, the one thing he goes, people don't understand is like, I'm college educated. Like, yes, I'm a professional fighter, but like, you know, I got my degree and, and all these things. It, it, do you do you feel perceptions when you go in and, and you talk to people uh, about you know what your you know what your foundation's goal is?
1: You know, I, I, it's funny because when I when I'm walk, people know me in my own neighborhood, so they know that you know they see me with the tattoos and they see me with the with the bruised eye mm-hmm. or or they they know what I'm about and who I am who I am in life. But when you when you're dealing with corporate people and you're dealing with people outside of that yeah you know, i i would understand why people would look at me and go okay and until until you start speaking and once you start speaking and then they go oh this guy is something I, I wouldn't think that he would be so i think um no, no we have to go over to the old adage never judge a book by its cover until you open it
0: yeah It it makes me think about, if if we go back to 2021, when you made your BKFC debut, did you have a perception about bare-knuckle boxing? But then once you got in there, you kind of realized that that perception was wrong?
1: Uh, No, I had my perception about bare-knuckle boxing was was what it is still to this day. People getting their ass whooped with these. (laughs) It's just, you know, bare-knuckle boxing. And i think people forget that it's boxing so so but it's a little different because you have no you have no gloves on to protect yourself because you know it, you know the you could the punches come in and it's a little bit easier than than when you uh, would have gloves on but you you have to tighten up everything and you have to really 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 be uh, precise and you have to really um do the one thing that a lot of people cannot do and that's a uh, move <laughs> so they, you know, the bare knuckle boxing exposes a lot of people who can't box.
0: The thing I noticed when I went to an event live here in Tampa a couple years ago, and I remember having the conversation with Mike Christian about it because Mike has you know obviously done the U.S. version, but also he's done the England version. And the thing yeah. that really stuck out to me was, and and he kind of you know laid this out to me. It's it's in the the American version of bare knuckle. There's very much a high risk versus reward of going to the body. Like, is that something that as you got into it, you realize like, okay, there's a big risk if I do try to go to the body and now I'm leaving myself open.
1: Um, you know, I, I would agree with that because I guess, I, I guess your opponent wants you to be a little closer in. So you know, I don't mind going to the body, you know, cause I, 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 understand that you have to be quick in this type of game because they, they, they say speed kills. That's one first and foremost, and having the power, you know, it, once you have the speed i guess you could you could go to the body but if, there is a risk at at any point in time of getting closer and closer and closer and closer so you're right but um you know you keep in the range again this is this is bare knuckle boxing so if you can keep your fundamentals with boxing together and you know you know i think I don't think you'd be just fine but a lot of like, a lot of people are getting exposed because they they, they can't box
0: one of the things when I was over your Instagram that, that really stuck out to me, and obviously you see it with athletes as, as science evolves uh, of figuring out various ways to, to help you heal your body. And you talked about holistic mm-hmm. oasis of how this has been the best decision you've made in, in a long time. What have they mm-hmm. done for you in terms of helping you with recovery?
1: Uh, and and now uh, we're talking about his terms above the, the treatments i've been actually doing outside yeah. of uh, the norm yeah you know and, and and it's funny because i've talked about holy colon cleansing and and cryotherapy and a uh, red light um um therapy and all those different things they, a lot of times we're taking care of our bodies and we think we can just go into the gym and just lift weights and be good. And and run a, run a mile on a treadmill and we're good. But as you get older, even as, a, even as a young person, you have to take care of yourself internally. And then that's, that's one thing I've, I've done uh, here recently is making sure that internally I'm, I'm at, at, my, at my best. So if you feel, if you're feeling good inside, you're going to, you're going to do well outside. So um, I've been trying to do a lot of things, you know, acupuncture, all those things to help heal the body and and help um the the body you know uh, just 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 work like a, like a, a well uh tuned car
0: you know you always hear the term train smarter not harder was was that a, something that was <laughs> tough
1: for you for most of your career no, man, that that's that's bull. That's bull too. So yeah, you know, you, you can train smart, but you still, you still, bottom line, you still got to you still get hit. <laughs> but uh, I just, you know, I think just taking care of yourself, and, I, and that's one thing I've I've gotten lucky with is taking care of myself. And in any of my bouts, I've had minimum damage, uh, which which helped a lot as well. But I think, if, you know, to a certain degree, I guess you do have to t- make sure you train smarter because a lot of times. Uh, we've, we've gotten to the point where we don't do hard sparring, you know, somewhere down the line, they, they figured out that hard sparring only, only, only um, defeats the purpose of being inside the actual ring or octagon. So you know, I guess, I guess to a certain degree, you do have to be smart and, and the way you are processing, processing the whole fight.
0: In terms of obviously you're coming off this great win, you've now won four in a row. I, I was watching an interview you did leading up to this one. You said, look, I, I'm not the guy that's going to call out a fight, but is your kind of, are, are you, is, is a thought process of like, look, man, I, I just beat the number three guy. I'm number two. Number one's already lost to the champion. Is that the mindset where you're at right now?
1: Man, um, the mindset where I'm at is, is just having fun with dog. That's all I, I just want to have fun. Man. And I think with, with having that mindset, um, has, has has um has done us some good, you know. And 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 if you're in there having fun, it's not a job. There's no pressure, you know. So you know, I, I, we're, we're, what's the old cliche? One fight at a time. whoever they put in front of me, we'll worry about that person when, when they do. But we will let the cards fall where they may, because as uh, my coach Curly Alexander would say, "Winning a winning solves everything." <laughs> He does. <laughs> so it don't matter. It don't matter. When, you, when, when someone sees you winning and they see you doing your job, guess what? They're going to have to put you in a position to, to, to succeed.
0: Has a fight game ever not been fun for you?
1: No, I man. It's, it's always been fun. But, you know, but, You know, sometimes it's, it's been tense uh, in, in some situations because, you know, you, you, you have to beat this person or you have to beat that person. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, sometimes it can be intimidating by – by the fact that you have to be, you have to beat this person. But you know, I hate losing. So I always have that mentality of uh, of uh, of wanting to beat someone. But I think I'm having more fun just doing it. You know, with no pressure. There's no pressure of, of having to beat somebody. You know? And, you know, the pressure. The pressure for me is to make sure I go out there and perform.
0: Oh, I hate losing as well.
1: Oh, oh I hate losing. So I say, we 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 we're radio guys. <laughs> so you know you know we 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 of the same club, man. I hate losing. Look like if it's like a Friday night
0: I'm going go go play a buddy Chris and darts. Like if he gets one game up on oh, me, I'm like, oh you mother effer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's just my mentality. Like, like it goes back to being a kid. Like I'm like no one's okay with losing.
1: And well, you know I guess that's the, that's the competitiveness and, and, and that's natural. You know yeah. if you if you're a competitor that that's the competitive competitiveness that we have. Can you turn that competitive juices off? Oh man, no, no. I, I can't turn it off. I, you know, I don't care if I'm playing uh, checkers with my kids. You know, hey hey, we, it's I, I'm like Michael Jordan. Well, Michael Jordan hate losing. I hate losing too. So, but <laughs> you got to know when to turn it off. I guess with with your children. That the children might be an exception, but but anybody else, no.
0: No. Uh, the other thing, and, and I know you shared the video of, uh, you know, obviously the, the biggest podcast role is Joe Rogan and, and him, and Boss Root. So when you first see that clip, what, what, what do you remember what went through your mind?
1: Oh, man, when I when I when I was told about it, um, you know, it was it was kind of cool because I was supposed to be on Joe's show, I think, a long time ago when he was in L.A., because uh-huh. he asked me to come out and I, and I couldn't make it I don't know what was going on either I was fighting at the time or something but I was supposed to go out there to see Joe uh, a while ago and, and and for him to um see me and and recognize what I'm doing right now that was actually pretty cool because uh, you know I guess the the um the ongoing theme has been fifty one year old Houston Alexander whooping everyone's ass <laughs> so Every, every, every news article, they always got to bring up 51 year old. But it, it's all good with me because, you know, hey, if you focus on that number, you're going to get your ass. Whooped. Like y-
0: you hear, you know, athletes who get older, you know, and, and, you know and obviously athletes are performing longer in life than we have seen i mean look at yeah. tom brady as an as an example of it you know being around tom here in tampa i mean you see how he takes care of his body and you know yeah. sometimes you you would look at him and go no way that's a 45 year old man but for you do you do you feel like hey i i feel like i'm in my mid 30s because of everything you've been doing
1: no i i, I brother I, I feel like um mentally i feel like I, i've always felt but of course, you know, as you get older, you have to take care of yourself, man. And you, you have those aches and pains. But you know what? I'm still b-boying. I'm still breakdancing. I'm still doing other things that I love to do. Mm-hmm. But like, you just got to be cautious in the way you do it, and 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 to make sure that the the, the tires are checked. to Make sure the the the, the oil's checked. <laughs> you got to make sure everything's in line before you start doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff, man. So I, I'm realistic about. You know, Father Time being undefeated, but you know, right now let's just let's hold him off a little bit and let's just have fun doing it.
0: Oh, look! I'm a big believer. Father Time is undefeated. It, it,
1: it catches yeah, up man, to all of us. Father Time is undefeated. He's undefeated. <laughs> it comes. <laughs> well, hey, yeah. let, let's go, hey, but let's go, George Foreman. Let's go, George Foreman. George Foreman. What late late forties? Yeah. Got in the game. You know, got back in the game and started whooping guys' ass. You know, and there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of guys who who um, who uh, who I used as inspiration. Uh, and, and and you can just look 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 to yourself, man, for inspiration. You know, when you uh, when you stop doing a certain thing, that's that's when that's when everything starts uh, dissipating. You know, you 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 start you lose if you if you stop playing uh, uh, baseball. You know, your things are, you, you you either you get bored with it with it because you've done it for so long, or you just, you 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 just if, if you stop altogether, then you will lose it. So, and I've just been fortunate enough to keep in the gym and be around people that I, that, that makes, that make me better because I'm still at the, the mindset that, well, I'm always learning no matter how old you get. And I think, I think it's helped me a lot, man, with, with just, just of my everyday, uh, movement and my everyday mindset, man.
0: The other thing we'll finish on this and I thought it was interesting is obviously you've been around this game for a long time and, and there's this, this yeah. wisdom and advice that you can give the younger generation and the thing that really stuck out to me you said in your interview with John Morgan was like because he was talking about you know, you fighting in Omaha fighting in your hometown and all that yeah. and he said he goes these young fighters gotta realize you don't always just take that opportunity because it's in your hometown like is it is that something that you just see guys in the gym, and you're just like, uh, "Hey, I know it's our hometown, but maybe this isn't the right opportunity for you."
1: I don't, I don't like being in your hometown. You know, it, it's always good um, being in your hometown, but i uh, But I think one of the things I learned being in your hometown um, is telling telling people or telling some certain situations, no. You, know, you gotta. I guess you just have to have the okay. discipline. Uh, when when you're in town, because even more so because you got so many people coming at you at you all at once. You got so many situations coming at you all at once, and I think um, fighting in your hometown, you just got to tell people, you know, or situations, no.
0: Like, obviously, you've had a chance to fight. All, all across this country is, is there like a bucket list location like if you sat there and said, hey before I I hang up the uh well, I guess we can't say hang up the gloves because there are no gloves in Baron uncle but by the time you say you know what my, my competitive <laughs> days are over is there would there be like a bucket list location you like man I would love to fight there oh.
1: man is there is there a bucket list location uh you know what would be kind of cool uh I obviously the two of fight in in Madison's Square garden. If it, if you if you gotta be you know if you gotta be if it has to be a historic factor, maybe somewhere you know in in um, Madison Grove Square Garden or you know going over to a foreign country like you know going over to Africa and you know and and, and doing something what like Muhammad Ali did would, would be would be awesome. No, but but I, but I gotta be someplace warm. I think my last place last place I'm gonna fight, I just gotta be someplace warm. Let me let me fight in the Bahamas or Caribbean or something. Like that. Look, I, I, After I the fight in, I can get on the beach. I can get on the beach. Hey, after I, that,
0: I live in Florida. The last thing I ever want to do is have the shovel snow. So yeah, get, give hot. me. I mean, I mean, literally, like right now is, it's it's. It's 80 degrees outside, so it's actually kind of a nice day here must, in
1: Florida. Must be rough. Must be rough. <laughs> you, know, I had, don't, you know, I one thing about, um, about Florida, man, you guys, uh, with the bare knuckle, uh, especially it being out there and they're, they're starting uh, a, a, surgence, a, a resurgence out there with the bare knuckle, man, you you got a lot of great athletes out there. You know, Jeremy Smith, you know, by way of uh, South Africa, man, he, you know, good athlete. You know, you would kind of expect it. Him to do what he was doing, but he, you know, but you guys got a lot of great athletes out there in, in Florida, and I think it's because it's it's warm out there. Must be something in the water. But you guys are crazy too. You guys are crazy out
0: there. No state <laughs> taxes either. That, that's the other part about it.
1: oh yeah, yeah that's that. That's great. That's great. But yeah, my mother stays out in uh, Orlando as well. So you know, she, her, and my sister, and those guys, they, they got some people down in Florida too.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. But, but uh, we look forward to seeing, uh, the next time we get to see you in competition, uh, Houston, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, let everyone know where they can find you on social media and of course, uh, where they can find out information about your uh, nonprofit organization.
1: Oh, right, well, you can find me anywhere on social media. Just, you know, obviously you can just put in Houston Alexander, but, uh, if you want to go, if you want, if you want to go directly to our website, it's Houston Um, if you if you, if you want to uh, donate to uh to uh, to our foundation, yeah, again Houston.org uh, and uh we we have a lot of um you know we got a lot of things going on as far as uh our sponsors go a lot of sponsors help us out as well with the brotella uh, the the western cryotherapy people um you know and, and again I have to give a shout out to my my coaches uh Curly Alexander um Joe Bodler, you know um I, all the coaches I've had over the years they got to give the shout out to them as well but as far as social media and getting a hold of me, all you have to do is Google me. What was that? What, was that? what, was that? what the kids say? Just Google me. <laughs> uh, there, 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 might be that's another word. Old, they might... That's when you're old. When you say stuff like that. <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I believe the line Shaq said to to uh, Charles Barkley at one point was uh, "Google me, bitch."
1: Oh, <laughs> we... <laughs> I mean, Yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm i can i am not going to be that arrogant. <laughs> but but all you know. But if if anyone wants to, if if people want to really get a hold of you. They, they, they can find all types of ways to get a hold of you. So you know what, if you want to really get a hold of me and you want to really do 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 good things as far as the hip hop culture, as far as you know, helping our youth, just look me up.
0: And there you have my conversation with Houston Alexander. I really appreciate him coming on the podcast to uh, talk about everything going on uh, in in his life, you know, hearing about what he is doing there in Omaha with his foundation. Of course, you hear him mention about the the website that you can go to. We'll leave that website in the show notes as well if you want to check out and, and maybe help him out in the things that he is doing over there with his foundation. But it's crazy to think about it has been 16 years since. Houston Alexander made his UFC debut, and the reason that it really sticks out to me is I talk about, and and I've talked about this event before, and so I'm not trying to, if you heard this story, well, you're going to hear the story again, but there's these moments as a combat sports fan that I think you never forget. You know, those moments where you remember where you were when that fight happened, and to me, Houston Alexander's debut is an event I will always remember as a mixed martial arts fan because that was the event headlined by Chuck Liddell and Rampage Jackson. And I remember going out to a sports bar to watch this one. And if you were not you know big into mixed martial arts at that time, you know, Chuck Liddell was the guy. He was the star. He's you know, he he wasn't where Conor McGregor has been at his peak, but we're talking about most popular fighter out there. Chuck Liddell was that guy. And, you know, you I remember about that pay-per-view, the fact of Randy Couture's on the broadcast, and, and he's talking about why he likes Rampage Jackson to win this match. And, of course, Rampage knocks out Chuck Liddell uh, just about the two-minute mark of the opening round. And the place of that I was at, I swear to God, if someone would have dropped the pin when the referee stopped that matchup, you would have heard that pin drop. It got so quiet in that place. It's just one of those moments I'll I'll never forget uh, about that moment. And, of course, Houston Alexander uh, opening up the main car with that win there against Keith Jardine. So that's just – that's always – you know, there's certain MMA events I think you never forget uh, for one reason or another. But UFC 71, the reason I remember that one is just because of being out at a sports bar and seeing the reaction. That's one of the things I talk about. One of the things I regret in terms of, you know – me being a MMA pundit, reporter, whatever you want to call me, is I really wish that I would have gone out more to sports bars to kind of watch how people interacted with the fights because it's just an interaction that, you really can't get on social media because for the most part, you're going to see the interaction of, of MMA fans. I, I know if I'm watching a UFC fight card and I'm seeing reactions, it's going to be people I follow or, or whatnot. So it's to me, it's always interesting to kind of see how maybe some people you wouldn't be around on a fight night, see how they react to the news. But uh, the other big item that I want to talk about here on this episode of the podcast is Bellator Bellator announcing the other day that they are going into the men's flyweight division. Of course, it was a couple of days ago, Nolan King over MMA Junkie had a story up noting that uh, this was going to be the plan, the plan that Bellator was going to introduce a flyweight division, and uh, look, I... I got this, asked this question, it was leading up to when Koji Gucci was going to take on Ray Borg, and it was a question of, hey, do you think is going to enter the men's flyweight division? And I really wasn't big on it. And for me, the reason I wasn't big on it was a, a general thought of, can you develop a division? And one of the things I know in this sport is you do not doubt. Scott Coker as a promoter. Scott Coker is one of the best promoters to ever do this thing. So I'm not going to doubt Scott Coker. I just want to see how they develop this division. I think this is great news for men's 125-pound fighters that now you have another option out there besides the UFC. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be UFC fighters who are maybe in that not t- not quite top five, but maybe that, you know, six to 25 ish in the rankings that sit there and go, okay, you know what? You know, maybe the better option, maybe the, the more lucrative financial option f- for them could be in Bellator. So I think this is great news if you are a men's 125 pound fighter, but I do want to see how this thing is going to develop. And I-, I just hope that this doesn't become a situation with Bellator that we have seen happen at women's 145 pounds. No disrespect to the fighters that are in the Bellator Women's 145-pound divisions, but let's just be honest about it. It's doing one-off fights for Chris Cyborg. Of course, we expect Chris uh, You know, just announced that she has resigned with Bellator. Not really a shocker there. I would expect that probably sometime in this fall... We're going to uh, potentially see her and Kat Zingano, but you know that that to me is going to be the the thing that Bellator is going to have to figure out is can you develop a division because at the end of the day have they really developed a women's 100, 145 hundred forty five pound division. I say no. Now, it's going to be interesting when we hit into November and December and January of 2024, November, December, the end of this year, and leading in January 2024, of what happens with Kayla Harrison. Maybe she does end up in Bellator to fight Chris Cyborg. Everyone knows about her contract situation. She's an unrestricted free agent. The end of this year, PFL has no matching rights. I don't expect she'll be back in PFL. I think that either she will be in Bellator or the UFC, I'd probably, if you asked me to place a bet on it, I think it's probably more likely that she ends up in the UFC. But Bellator, I think, is going to be a great option for her. So I just want to see how Bellator develops this men's 125-pound division. Do maybe we see some fighters who have been competing and Bellator at 135 pounds say, you know what, you know, maybe, maybe I'll drop 10 pounds and go down to 125 pounds. So it'll be interesting to see here. But uh, the one thing I will say that I found interesting as I was driving to the office here, This afternoon is I uh, I, I tuned into the um, Big John and Josh Thompson podcast, and one of the things that was a takeaway, because I I tweeted about this yesterday, and I said the biggest takeaway I had from the press release that Bellator sent out was a couple paragraphs into this thing where it says, quote, broadcast details and ticket information will be announced at a later date. And I was like, wow, that's kind of an interesting thing to put in, that you're just not saying, hey, it's going to be on Showtime and look, I did. I initially had that fear of like, oh, does this mean that this fight is going to be on tape delay but listening to Big John and Josh Thompson they said, no, this thing is going to air live so I think that is great news I think John McCarthy's line was like, look it's going to be on an odd time in the morning but it will be live, so I think that is awesome and uh, of course very interesting and kind of see what kind of happens with Bellator over the next couple of months and of course we all know the rumors out there with the sale thing and I mean look I think if someone's going to uh, offer up uh, you know Paramount and Viacom a ton of money to buy Bellator I think it's going to happen um, but we'll, we'll see what kind of happens there but uh, you know it's I think when it comes to Bellator and their men's flyweight division it, I think it's kind of like a let's see how this thing plays out I, I think that you know there's to me various questions that I have in terms of how will this thing work and I think that it is more about how does it work in terms of them developing a division and it not just being one-off fights for Koji Horiguchi. So, yeah, that thing plays out. But, uh, oh, you know, it should be a great uh, card for Bellator and there. On July 30th. And as I mentioned, man, that weekend is just going to be an amazing combat sports weekend. On that Saturday night, we got the UFC pay-per-view. Also, you got the big boxing pay-per-view with Spence and Crawford. And look, I'll tell you this. I don't take in a ton of boxing content. I really don't. But that is a Saturday night where I feel like I'm going to have to find a bar that is showing the UFC pay-per-view. It is also showing Spencer Crawford because I want to watch both of them, but I, I don't know if I, I want to shell out, you know, $200 plus in terms of the, the boxing and also the UFC pay review. But man, that is going to be just a, you talk about, you know, and, and it kind of goes to some of me and Dean were talking about on the last episode of the podcast uh, of Don Davis, where, you know, Don Davis was doing an interview with Barstool Sports on the spending back podcast. And he, he talked about one of the biggest lessons he's learned in business is giving the consumer what you want. And you look at July 29th, July 30th, man, and, and these promoters are giving us what we want as combat sports fans. You know, it's it's kind of weird. You know, this is one of those weekends where, you know, we we did not have any combat sports. I I, I look at the PFL and I kind of wonder, like, man, shouldn't you have done a show this week with no UFC, no belts, or you have everything to your own? So, but uh, it also, it is very nice also to not have to worry about, you know, watching fights and, uh, you know, enjoy Enjoy a weekend, uh, kind of. You know, I don't know if there's a such thing as me having a weekend off, but just having a weekend where you could just really kind of enjoy the finer things in life and relax. And relaxing. but uh, I am in, I am here in the office on a Sunday afternoon. So of course, as always, uh, I appreciate everyone taking time out of their day. To download this, this episode of the podcast, of course, huge shout out to Houston Alexander for coming on the show. Talk about uh, so many things there, uh, not just with what's going on with him and his fighting career, but also talking about what the work he is doing with his foundation there in Omaha. I'll tell you, it made me it made me think about. One of uh, my, my good friends uh, in, in this media business, DJ Eakin. Me and Eakin uh, have worked together going back to our days uh, working for Clear Channel, which of course now is known iHeart. And he's kind of doing something very similar to what Houston is doing, uh, you know, where he goes into schools and, and showing, you know, these kids in schools that you know there's a lot of things that you can do in the entertainment industry that is not about holding a microphone. And uh, really love love hearing these stories. And you know that's always one of the things I want to do, and and one of the things kind of going forward. Is Sunday podcast I do want it to be more of just a one interview where you know more of a, a longer type conversation with a fighter where you know you know obviously we're going to talk about various fighting things but really you know getting to know what that fighter is doing you know away from the gym you know what, what's their life like letting you get to know a little bit more of these fighters so uh if there's anybody that you want to hear on the show you know let me know you can sign those instagram dms always uh, appreciate uh, everyone uh, communicating with me in whatever form it may be. And I do appreciate you checking out this episode of the MMA Report Podcast.